Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking end-of-the-year money decisions that will boost your bank account. gosh, can you believe we only have four more weeks of 2016? This is absolutely crazy. And while your mind might be firmly um, focused right now on holiday decorations and cocoa with big fluffy marshmallows and holiday Christmas parties um, and who you might kiss at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve, that's a very important thing to ponder, right? Um, for those of you that aren't married or aren't in a relationship, I imagine you might spend some time on that one, but we're here to talk about end of the year money decisions. And I like to do this podcast every single year because it seems like, you know, we forget those things that maybe we should think about at the end of the year because we're focused on having fun and shopping and and doing all those things. But I think it's really important to talk about these things because 
This is all about saving you money, right? And this is all about helping you uh, navigate uh, tax deductions and things like that if you can take advantage of them. And I find that what happens is we kind of roll around to January and it's in January where most people email me and they're like, oh my gosh, I should have done this or I should have done that. Why didn't you tell me to do this? Why didn't you tell me to do that? Like it's my fault. But in all fairness, I feel like, you know, every year I've got to bring you this information and it's pretty much a review from last year and the year before. But nonetheless, I think it's really important to go over this again because I want you to have more money in your bank account. That's what that's what this is all about. So the first one we're going to talk about is retirement for the win. And, you know, you may have already been um contributing to your 401k every year, maybe you set a certain percentage and you just kind of set it and forget it, right? But the end of the year is actually like the best time to boost your savings and enjoy an even larger deduction for 2016. So what you should do is contact your HR department and ask them if you can up your contribution. Look, even if it's an extra percentage point or a couple percentage points, If you're not maxed out on your contribution for 2016, which by the way is 16 or sorry, $18,000, I'm getting my sixes and eights mixed up. So 18,000 is the max you can contribute for 2016. And I know uh, a lot of you listening might be like, are you crazy? $18,000? I'm not going to contribute $18,000. But I know there are a lot of us listening that are, uh, you know, we have great jobs. And so, you know, we like the challenge of of contributing the max, wherever you're at, doesn't matter, right? My whole point is like, look, if you haven't hit your max contribution for 2016, up your percentage, even if it's 1% or 2% or 3% for the end of the year, because you're going to get a larger deduction. You're going to really boost your 401k. And what I'm hoping is that you won't feel that much of a difference in your paycheck. So when you roll around to January, you're going to actually maybe forget to lower that contribution back down and you're going to magically be contributing more money starting January for 2016, 2017. God, my six and eights and sevens, they're all getting mixed up today. Um, and you're just going to basically uh, up your contribution limit, which is really kind of my secret, secret uh, mind trick that I'm trying to do on you. But if you up your percentage in December, you can lower in January. So don't freak out about that. But it's really important to just try and get, you know, any extra money saved that you can. Why would this matter? Well, let's think of the obvious reasons, right? So one, it's going to help you when you get to that quote unquote retirement. You know, I hate using that word. Really, it's just about ensuring it's like it's like a, creating a bank account for your future, for all the things that you want to do, for whatever lifestyle you want to have, right? You're building this bank account. And the bigger you can get this bank account, the more choices you're going to have, the more options that you can choose from. The smaller the bank account, the less options, right? So I want you to be building the largest bank account possible. And to do that means you just have to keep upping your percentage of contributions until you hit the max. For many of you, maybe your employer uh, matches your contribution. That is awesome. You should be contributing at least up to the match amount because the match amount, again, what is free money? Free money. So make sure you, you contribute at least up to that match. All right. 
So you've got your 401k, but let's say you want to contribute more, right? So you can actually open an IRA and in the IRA, you can contribute up to $5,500 in 2016. But here is the awesome sauce with the IRA. You can actually set it up in 2017 before you file your tax return for this year and contribute up to that $5,500. So that just helps you be able to save even more money. And if you're married And let's say one of you works, but the other doesn't work. You can actually open what's called a spousal IRA and contribute money for your spouse as well. Now, there are some rules about deductibility and, you know, everybody kind of gets this a little um, jumbled up. Be sure to check the show, show notes too if you get a little confused, but here's basically how it works. So if you have a retirement plan at work that's available to you, your deduction may be limited Um, or your spouse if you're married, if you're covered by a retirement plan at work and your income exceeds certain levels. So in the show notes, I actually have a link to the IRS website where you can find out what those income uh, levels are. However, if you have no retirement plan at work, your entire deduction to the IRA is allowed in full and your spouse if you're married, if you aren't covered by a plan at work, right? But look, even if even if you are limited amount of deductibility for the IRA because you have a plan at work, you can still put the money in. You can still put the $5,500 in. You can still do both. You can double dip, right? You can put money in your 401k and in your IRA. You just might not get the deduction on your IRA, but who cares? You can continue to save and grow that money. Remember our Roth, There are no deductions for the Roth, right? Because we put in after-tax money. So on the flip side, when we, you know, want to have all these options for our lifestyle, we can pull that out, that money out without having uh, tax consequences, all right? So again, I challenge you, up it by a percentage, a couple percentage, I guarantee you, you're not going to feel that much difference in your paycheck, but what you are going to feel a lot of differences is in that retirement piggy bank, right? Okay, next is go ahead and pay now. And this is one of the best end of the year secrets. And it's actually not really a secret, but many people don't talk about it. And that is to prepay certain expenses that you would normally have in 2017 for 2016. For instance, if you're listening and you own a home, you can actually pay your January mortgage payment for 2017 in December 2016. That means you get to write off extra interest for this year, right? Um, lots of other things. Same goes for property taxes. If you own your own place, um, why would you want to do this? Well, let's say you've made extra money this year, or you have a really big, fat, large bonus coming rather than paying more in taxes. You can look for these extra ways to kind of balance out your extra earnings, right? So you're, you're prepaying certain things so you can take a deduction this year to kind of balance out whatever extra money you might've earned. Now, I'm hoping that you earn a bonus so big that, you know, you can't possibly prepay certain things to kind of counteract that. Um, I know the taxes on bonuses kind of suck. Uh, Pretty much half of it just goes bye-bye, right? But you still get the bonus. And there are so many awesome things that you can do with that bonus. Um, I will probably say that for a, a later podcast. But anyway, the point is prepay some things. 
Now, if you're listening, you're self-employed, you run your own business, oh, the same magic works for you. Maybe even a little bit better. You can prepay all sorts of things. Your, your car payment, you can buy new software, you can get new business cards, you can set up a new website, you can hire a new PR person, you can do that marketing that you want to do, you can buy new equipment. Whatever you want to do, you can do it in 2016 and get the write-off in 2016 and then roll into 2017, you know, and, and figure it out then. But it's a great way. Also, if you have a retirement plan and you're self-employed, look, let's fund this thing. Let's figure out how much extra money you have at the end of the year and let's drive it into your big lifestyle piggy bank, all right? Okay, next I'm going to talk about a little concept called tax loss harvesting. And before you uh, turn off this podcast because you're thinking tax loss, I don't even want to listen to what she's going to say. It may sound exotic, but it's actually something super simple that you guys need to know about. All right. So let's just pretend you have two stocks. One lost you 2000 bucks this year, but one had a gain of 3000 bucks. Well, normally you would have to pay um, tax on that particular gain. However, with our friend, the tax loss harvesting, you can actually smooth out that gain by taking up to a $3,000 tax loss on your tax return. Okay, what does that mean in English? All right, so in this case, you had $2,000 loss, right? And a $3,000 gain. So in essence, because of tax loss harvesting, you would only pay tax on a thousand bucks of the gain. See how that works? Now, even if you have a loss, maybe you don't wanna sell the stock or the mutual fund. Maybe you believe it's gonna be like the next best thing and just needs to rebound in 2017. In that case, this doesn't matter right? Because you're not selling anything. Um, so, you know, always think about what you want to do with your stocks and mutual funds before you go run off and sell them. You know, do you have any losses that maybe you can take advantage of in 2016 that will actually help you with your taxes? All right. Okay. Then, you know, I mean, this world is so, it's so chaotic. It is, there's so much division in in the United States and Europe right now. Um, It feels like we're all kind of just battling it out. Like we're all on opposite sides of the fence. And I think with the election in the US and the one in the UK, the Brexit, I mean, it's really just example of, you know, how how at each other's throat we are. I mean, it's just crazy. I, I, I don't remember a time in my lifetime really like this, right? Where there was just this really polar opposition and, and almost a distaste for anything political, anyone political. I mean, anyone in, in the U.S. Uh, presidential race, there were people who, who didn't want either choices, right? Um, it's just been such an interesting year. And I'm quite frankly, so sick of turning on the news. I'm sick of hearing about all of the sides. I'm sick about hearing about everything about hate. Um, so I think this is just a really good time to get charitable, to remember the organizations around the world or in your community, in your city that are doing good things, that are helping people that are spreading love, that are spreading peace, that are spreading joy. And so the end of the year is a good time for extra donations to your favorite charity. But here's a couple things you got to keep in mind. Number one, you need to make sure that the organization that you're giving money to is 
a real charity, a 501c3 type charity. And I actually have a link in the show notes where you can actually check out the charity um, on the IRS website and make sure they're actually legit. So you can't just like hand money to your best friend and get a write-off for it. It doesn't work that way, right? Next, you need to get a receipt, even if you give them cash. So if you claim a deduction of 250 bucks or more, you've got to have that little magical receipt in case you were audited. You can also donate stock that's maybe appreciated. Maybe you had a big gain in a stock and you don't want to pay tax on it. You can certainly donate the stock. You can't, however, donate or donate. <laughs> you can't, however, deduct the time that you spend for volunteering. So if you go to, you know, your local Red Cross and you volunteer, you cannot make a deduction for your time, but you can make a deduction for any gas or parking fees, toll fees, equipment, any expenses that you need to spend to actually get to that volunteering, you can deduct. Now you need to keep good written um, receipt of those, but you can deduct those. Also, uh, contributions can only be deducted in the year they were made. So watch the clock as we near kind of December 31st. If you make actually like a credit card donation, but let's say it doesn't post until, you know, January 1st, it still will count for this year. Same with like if you text in a donation and you actually texted it in on say the 31st, but it doesn't show up till, you know, the second, that still counts, all right? But look, even if you don't get a deduction for uh, the amount of money, gifts, anything that you give to a charity, I mean, shouldn't we all be more charitable? Shouldn't we all be more loving and and spreading joy and peace and and happiness this year? It, It just feels like that's really what's called. But I do agree, if you're going to donate, you might as well get the deduction, right? And last, this is just... This is kind of like a review. I mean, this is um, something so obvious, but, you know, we overlook it so much is to to have a payoff game plan. So if you've got debt that's remaining, it's it's a really a great time to get a move on that debt and to create a game plan. You can save so much money on interest and fees over the length of that loan by just constructing a solid payoff plan. And there is actually a right and a wrong way to do this. And what I see so many times is people just like, okay, I've got 500 extra bucks. I'm just going to like throw it at my three credit cards and hope I make progress. And then you get your credit card statement and you're like, wait a minute, like nothing happened. And I just spent $500. Well, of course, because you have no strategy, you have no plan. So there are tons of credit card payoff calculators. I linked one in the show notes, but I mean, all you have to do is Google credit card payoff uh, calculator, and you can actually construct a payoff strategy for yourself. So again, there are two ways to do this, right? So the first is that you go after the um, debt that has the lowest balance, and you pay the minimum on all the rest of your credit cards or your loans, and you drive any extra money into that lowest debt first. Once that's paid off, you take that entire payment and roll it to the second, then to the third, to the fourth, to the fifth. You see how that goes? Okay, so that's actually my favorite strategy because I'm actually seeing progress, right? When I attack the lowest debt first, I'm actually seeing this thing go away. I'm seeing something happen. The other way to do this is to go after the debt with the highest interest rate. And now, of course, mathematically, to all you listening who are already kind of like jumping down my throat, yes, you're going to save more money 
if you go after the highest interest rate. It's not going to be a ton of money, but it is going to be a little extra money. The problem is, is that sometimes your highest interest rate is also your highest debt. And so it takes you a really long time to see any progress on it. Hence, you want to give up. Hence, the whole strategy just blows up. However, if mathematically speaking, you love the idea of, you know, attacking the highest interest, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with choosing either method. You just need to choose a method. It's it. It's that simple. There's really nothing else complex about paying off debt. It's just about having a solid game plan and attacking it month after month after month. All right. And there, again, it's no better time than the end of the year to go, you know what? I'm going to set this up for the new year. I'm going to get proactive with this because I want to get rid of debt. And I'm a huge fan of, of telling you that debt is okay. Debt is going to happen. You know, every article out there is about you know, how I paid off all my student loans in four months and how I paid off my mortgage in two years. And those are amazing goals, right? I am not going to knock anybody who does that because I mean, yes, paying off debt, that, that is really smart thing to do. But what I don't want you to get in the trap of is thinking that if you have debt, A, you're bad, that you've done something wrong, that you've made a wrong choice. Yes, maybe you shouldn't have gotten into debt, right? But we're all human, so let's not judge here. (laughs) And two, if you are out of debt, please know that probably something's going to happen in your life where you might have to get back into debt. So what I'm just saying here is that, yes, there needs to be a focus on paying off debt. Yes, I want for you to not have these sort of debt chains around your neck. Yes, I want you to be able to have so many choices in life. Yes, I want you to go travel the world. I want you to do whatever you want to do. I want you to start your own business. Whatever it is, I want that for you. But what I also want for you is to not feel um, weighed down by guilt or shame if you do have debt if you're struggling with debt payoff, or if you get back into debt, because, you know, something happened, and it kicked you in the, I was going to say balls, but I don't have balls. So (laughs) it kicked you in the gut, and you had to go back into debt. All right. So that's just my little two cents about debt. So there were some end of the year money decisions. Um, You probably have a few others that that you can make based on your own situation, but there is no better time than the end of the year to just get a few things in check, pour a little extra money into your retirement fund, donate some to your charity, and get a plan in place to get that debt done. All right, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Shauna Game and Instagram at millennial underscore money. 